is the symbol of it. It is sometimes uh, a metaphor for the Buddha. And so in the, in the Sutta Nipata, it's one of my favorite passages. It's called Kappa's Question. Yeah. And so next was the Brahmin student Kappa. He asked, Sir, he said, there are people stuck midstream in the terror and fear of the rush of the river of being and death and decay overwhelm them. For their sakes, sir, tell me where to find an island. Tell me where there is solid ground beyond the reach of all this pain. Kappa said the master, for the sake of those people stuck in the middle of the river of being, overwhelmed by death and decay, I will tell you where to find solid ground. <coughs> There is an island, an island which you cannot go beyond. It is a place of nothingness, a place of non-possession and of non-attachment. It is the total end of decay and death. And this is why I call it Nibbana. There are people who, in mindfulness, have realized this and are completely cool here and now. They do not become slaves working for Mara, for death. They cannot fall into his power. So this is this island, this place, island which you cannot go beyond. Island is actually represents that. It's in the middle, isn't it? And it's you can't. The center, and all around is the, is the ocean. So I mean, it, it's uh, this is that sense of being an island and in mindfulness. You know, that's what you're doing. You're you're finding that place that you cannot go beyond. It is a play, play of nothingness or nothingness. And the word the English word lends itself to like nothingness or no thingness. No thingness I think before. To me more meaningful. Nothingness always implies kind of uh, void uh, kind of denial, but no thingness. There's no thing there. It's not not a you can't it's not a not a thing that you you find. A place of non-possession and of non-attachment. It is the total end of death and decay. Total end of death and decay. And this is why I call it Nibbana. Interesting. The total end of death and decay. This is why I call it Nibbana. These words are no no thingness, non-possession, non-attachment. Total end of death and decay. This is why I call it Nibbana. So this is a reflection on what I do. In, in that, to realize that island, or that place of no thingness and non attachment, non possession. Of course, when you start looking for it, you can't find it. <laughs> is it inside your heart or is it up in your head? <laughs> But it is, uh, you know, that's why it's nameless. Why it's, it's to be realized, each one for themselves. It's, and when you when you give it a name or something, then it, people start looking for something. And then you start, you, you name something, and people start attaching, you know, something rather than, and you say it's nothing, and it sounds like nothing to it, you know, it's meaningless. This is this is a this is a 
the spiritual path, isn't it, where there's, you, you take yourself and put me there, you, there's nothing left to draw. You're total frustration, total despair, because all your attempts at trying to control and, and get something, attain something, become something, and they all fail. You all fail, every one of them, in the, in the spiritual path, if you're pra practicing in the right way. And if you feel like a total failure in this life, that means you're practicing in the right way. <coughs> Until you give up. <laughs> but don't attach the idea of being a failure either. <laughs> You're taking the, the mind, you take, you're going to that, that island, that place that you cannot go beyond. Where is that? You know, in, in, in practical experience, in your meditation. You're caught, you, you know, you're, just, you're caught in a process, one thought going on to another. So it's beyond thought. It's not, it's not, it's a realization. So Nirvana is realizing, it's non-grasping, non-possession. <clears throat> and then the, then the Buddha, Buddha gives it very clear directions and very, you know, there's no, he's not trying to be uh, abstract or abstruse in his teaching. It's not trying to disguise it in, in kind of uh, metaphors and hidden meanings and secret interpretations. It's so direct. This is mindfulness, the path to the death. Wide open, and no, and no kind of secret messages where only you know, the initiated or the special creatures, special beings, highly attained, or <coughs> avatars, or, or totals. Or. This is teaching available to everyone, anyone who wants to hear it. Swinburne's poem, the shore that hath no shore beyond it, set in all the sea. Kind of, that kind of image, the shore that hath no shore beyond it, set in all the sea. So, like, like the idea of looking for yourself, it's, it's that classic sign of ignorance, where, where am I? I'm looking for me. Diogenes with the land looking for light, or we're looking for enlightenment by 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 looking for something that that we that we think and conceive as enlightenment, and the light's here and now. It's not not uh, something that that is, rather than than something that that you have to find, but you can't find it because that's 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 what you really are. It, but, you, but then your your conceptual mind is always looking for looking like for enlightened beings, isn't it? I wonder which monk in Thailand is enlightened. Don't I not be enlightened? Don't continue under enlightenment. Then we have the conceit to think that we can tell. We go and look at them and see, you know, 
You can't even see your own enlightenment. You can't even see the most obvious. We, we, we can tell us. We can we can judge somebody else. Uh, it's conceit. It's insidious. Then that place of no sameness, of non-possession, is something that we is, is, is a place we're not used to. We don't feel we aren't we aren't at ease there because we're we're overwhelmed by the power of our ignorance. So this is this is why the. the Mindfulness is to keep remembering this, keep contemplating. And it starts you start thinking, I'm enlightened, it's not a wonder. Or, I mean, as soon as it comes into conceptions, and it's not, it ends up being a form of conceit. <coughs> it's not a matter of becoming enlightened, but being, being <coughs> resting and relaxing in that in that purity of being in the, in the moment, mindfulness. Then in the, the next one, Jatu uh, Kani's question. Then the Brahman student, Jatu Kani, came. He had heard, he said, <coughs> that there was an Ocean crosser, a hero, desiring but desireless. And so I have come to ask question of this man without desire. Tell me this. Tell me this. I of instant see Tell me this. I of instant seeing, knowing, what is the state of peace? Please explain it to me as it really is. You master rule desire and pleasure like the sun. Heat and light rules and, contro and controls the earth. I have only a little understanding. Sir, and you are a globe full of wisdom. Tell me how to find and know the way of giving up this world of birth and aging. The Buddha replied to Jatukani, uh, Lose the greed for pleasure. See how letting go of the world is peaceful. There is nothing that you need hold on to, and there is nothing that you need push away. Dry up the remains of your past and have nothing for your future. If you do not cling to the present, then you can go from place to place in peace. There is a greed that fixes on the individual body-mind. When that greed is completely gone, then, darling, there will be no more inner poison drive without which you are immune from death. Without which you are immune from death. So, death here is, remember, is 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 the is the illusion that we have that comes from grasping. Well, when somebody dies, that we use the convention somebody's died, somebody's dead. And then in the form of Dhamma, things come and go, are born and die, but nobody no no nobody ever really dies. Nobody's ever really born. Conditions and the conditions arise and, and birth takes place and death is the result of that which is born. But in the shore that hath no shore beyond it, on this island that you cannot go beyond, 
that is uh, to realizing the deathless deathlessness is, is, is there and then the, then the, the uh, conditions of your mind and body are death themselves so when you attach when you identify when you when you hold on to the sankaras you hold on to the uh, to the kandas the rupa vegana sanyata karaniyana then you, then you're uh, caught in the realm of death or it seems that way then there's the illusion that i am you're always holding on and, and feeling this dukkha this sense of despair and disappointment because what we holding on to is always changing, dying, aging, changing. So to realize that in in your practice, remember that each each one of us is an island. Just practically speaking, this is an island, this is this is the center. I can't get beyond myself. I can't stand back of it. I can't sit over there and watch me. This is here. This is here. So, this is this is the point. This is the place. This is the this is the uh, island that you cannot move beyond. Uh, <coughs> but in the mind, then you can create all kinds of of uh, scenarios and, and worlds in your mind. You know, like Avicca, Bhajya, Sankara. I am Ajahn Samhita, and I am. Happy that the monastery and I was born in Seattle, Washington. The things I've done, I, I was a school teacher, blah, 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 blah. I'm not a father or this, and I'm a very sensitive man that nobody understands me. <laughs> <laughs> and life hasn't been easy for me. And then the then the then the, uh, the the self, you know, that is, uh, is this, you know, that when there's moments you see that you can be aware of that of the of the things you create in your mind about yourself, the self, the sense of yourself. I take things like things like that. Am I really an American? What does that mean? And you know, I listen, you know, they, they, these kind of words and and uh, and then concepts. I mean, American means something, you know, just to different people. American says American, it means something different than what an English person says American. So, I mean, it's a, it's a word, isn't it? And then it has different cultural, I mean, different cultures in a different way. If you're born with that perception of an American, then, then then you have, you know, you can you have a certain feeling, a certain emotional power, there's certain qualities. So I mean it's it's something you create in your mind. Because that that point of awareness, that island you cannot go beyond, can can see that I'm an American is a is a condition of the mind. It's not a real person. It's not it's just a convention or that, that uh, comes and goes in the mind. But yet, we can assume, you know, I'm an American all the time. I was born in America. 
raised in America. I haven't lived there for 30 years, but now I'm a British citizen, but I'm still an American. Well, this, is, this is just how the mind can, can hold to views, you know, and see things always through this, these perceptions. And so if I start avicca bhajaya sankara that I'm an American, this is the assumption I'm making. Then, then you know, if, if that were my, that was my identity and that was very important and, and I'm filling that with a lot of, of my, a sense of myself and, and the values in life around that that perception, then then you're always setting yourself up for for being offended or being hurt or somebody doesn't like Americans or somebody says something bad about Americans or, or somebody says you know what Americans are like and things like this and you get feel hurt if you feel offended because you've you've, you've established uh, this this grasping view uh, that you you haven't seen yet. You, so, so then the then the cycle takes place. We take to the to the uh, experience of suffering, some kind of suffering around that. Apply that to to all the, your identity as a as a man or a woman. I'm a male or I'm a female. These are these are perceptions of the mind. And when we attach, then we then we become. We get born, mentally born as, as a man or woman. The jati jaramarana. I mean, mentally. Then you know the body maybe is already born as male or female, but but the identity with the body, the the, the attitude that I am, this, I'm, a, I'm a man, I'm a woman, is something that you think. So contemplating this, that which can be aware, okay, that which is sees the dark or can see the suffering, can know suffering, can can see the the self view as a self view, see the, the feelings as feelings, and knows the thoughts as thoughts, and body the rupa as rupa, and so forth. This is that which is. <coughs> mindful aware that you can't get beyond you can't get beyond that that's why I'm keep emphasizing that's where you can rest that's that's the balanced core that's the axis mundi of, of the universe as far as this one of us is concerned so you know practically speaking you're in my mind you're, you're objects of my vision of So it's reflecting, isn't it? Reflecting on the way it is. It's not, I'm not creating a theory about anything. It's just noting right now, sitting here, the eye, you know, contemplating the ayatana, the eye, organ of the eye, the objects, contact, consciousness. Now, how do I, you know, I can see that from the conventional, you know, of uh, uh, just the, the assumptions and attitudes that come from from, from the uh, conventional realities of culture. 
But in, in terms of Dhamma, that's not the way it is. So this, this island that you cannot go beyond, and then you're, you're like with the sound of silence, you, you can't get beyond that sound. You can rest in it. You can you can kind of concentrate on it, but if you just relax in it, then then you're in a state of where of receptivity, where the mind is is open. Where this, where this ability to contemplate is, is at its fullest. Where you can, you can hear, where you can actually begin to witness your own birth as a person, as a man or woman or an American. Or you can actually get that perspective and see what, how, things, how things work and what, what emotion is and feeling and, and what it feels like what it really is, Nietzsche, in terms of it, the uh, impermanent of condition, the anatta of condition, and the dukkha of condition. But then, if you grasp what I'm saying, then it, then you don't get it either, because it, it, it's, the mindfulness is subtle, and, it, and, and learning to, to sustain it, to, to just be that in this way, more and more. You know, I've got to be mindful, then you've lost it again, you get caught up in trying to become someone who's mindful. It's, it's just like this. And so there's... It's also faith and sadai, but the rest in it means you, you're giving up. That maybe strong tendencies to become something which seems so important and very, you know, powerful and important to you as a person. You know, and to, you know, I want to go through my life to spiritual uh, practices, and I'm not going to waste my life and you know, just push it away with frivolous things and. I'm going to use my life for, for realization and then really, really get there. And then you have to even give that up. All, this, all these great plans and self-importance and ambition. Letting go of, of, of the things that are going to propel and motivate you to do things. Then in that, that resting point, that point of balance, and then there is a, then you have, because say you do, you're here in a, in a situation where Dhamma is, the study, the practice of Dhamma is, is the whole purpose and point of this life. I mean, it, not, you have to, you have to find something else, it's being able to, or, or that you have to really do anything, you already arrived, you know, so if you keep, I mean, if you're caught in the motion, I can't get more, I can't get more, I can't keep that, then you're, it's like you're always, you know, looking so far away for something that's right here, and looking for the light, for the language. 
where am I? I'm looking for myself. Going like this. What is Ajahn Samadha? You think I was crazy, wouldn't you? I'm looking for Ajahn Samadha. Where is he? You think he's really cracked. Ajahn Samadha is off me. He's gone nuts. Then I go out and say, where am I? But that's what we're doing, isn't it? We're, we're trying to find the light. The light is... When we think of light in a perceptual term of light, like electric light or something like that, enlightenment is a kind of blast of, of lightning. We, 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 we form images, we form perceptions of what enlightenment is. So we're always, we're never, we're never, with the light, we're, we're always looking for something else that we conceive as light. So it's a, it's a strange, Dilemma, really, I admit. But uh, so the directions are very clear in the Buddhist teaching. <laughs> I think it was clear than that. Right? But then uh, you grasp the teachings. <laughs> this uh, desireless, the, the, the other one, the Lose the greed for pleasure, and Buddha would like to set to coming. Let go of the greed for pleasure. <coughs> and so that's where, like, the, the, with this margin, you can, you, you can actually realize that greed for pleasure is, is an object. That which sees a greed is not greed. That which is aware of greed is not greedy. Greedy is something you can observe. See how letting go of the world is peacefulness. Letting go of the world is the world is your uh, ignorance. Letting go of views, opinions, the self-view. That's the world. Let go. Letting go of the world is peacefulness. And when you let go of yourself, of views, opinions, and perceptions of self, then peaceful. It's peacefulness. There's nothing that we need to hold on to, and there's nothing that we need to push away. You're quite imbalanced. You don't need that. You don't need to hang on to anything for support, and you don't need to get rid of things. You kind of resist things. So in the film of the little Buddha, that scene where Siddhartha uh, uh, sitting under the tree. Very powerful scene. All the forces of Mara. He didn't push him away, did he? There was a. He was in that place of mindfulness where these, these uh, Maras, all these delusions, <coughs> were coming, you know, they were pretty powerful stuff coming at him. But there was no. There was no. Uh, grasping of anything, asking for help, or, or pushing away, resisting it. And so, dry up the remains of your past and have nothing for your future. So let go of, of all the past stuff. Don't make problems about the, the, the past, the past. 
make a don't, don't create in this uh, problems about what happened in your childhood and life. You know? and don't let, let it just let go of the, of the past, and don't and have nothing for your future. That's quite a challenge, isn't it? No future. You're not going to be at Alma watching the rest of my life? <laughs> <laughs> the future, we hope, we might, you know, go here and go there. And the mind really thinks of the future, but there may be some kind of hope. But <laughs> We go to India. When people go there, you know, now tourists will be going all over the Himalayas. I have tour guides, Himalayan tours. Tourism is insidious. It's any place, <laughs> any place that you would like to, to, that you can dream of, is the ideal place for your spiritual development, probably end up as some place for tourists. But why not, why do I just not give up now? The cave is there rather than in the mouth. Well, that's another metaphor in the cave, the cave, the island. If you do not cling to the present, then you can go from place to place in peace. If there's no thing, then life does present us with all kinds of opportunities and things. It doesn't mean that we, we have to say, I'm going to stay here, sit like saying, I'm not going to move from this spot until I'm enlightened, or making vows that, that I'm not going to, you know, because then, then one was attaching to the present also. Views <coughs> about the present. But life has its own momentum and, and uh, things happen and, and change according to cause and effect. So it's, it's not that we, you know, that say with mindless we, we can then we adapt to the changes. We're not, we're not trying to fix ourselves, nail ourselves to the ground and, and, uh, and perceive ourselves as just having to be in one place, in one spot, letting go of all that. Uh, attachment to time, past, present, and future. And says, then if you do not think of the present, then you can go from place to place in peace. Well, that's nice, isn't it? People, we do go places, we do it peacefully rather than going here, running away from here because I, the the the, the pasture next door is greener than this one. And there's no peace in that, is there? We're always rushing around trying to find a better place. There's, we aren't going from place to place in peace, but in all kinds of uh, excited, angry, resentful, hopeful, anticipatory states of mind, which are not peaceful. There is a greed that fixes on the individual body mind. When that weed is completely gone, then from them, there will be no more inner poison drives. 
without which you are immune from death. What they call the assolence, or like poison, like, like superating oil inside you, you know, keep releasing poison. They infect your consciousness. So it, you know, you know, you've got this kind of poison inside you. Then it poisons everything. You know, whenever you see and touch, it, it, you know, you poison up. I remember years ago having a lot of stomach trouble in uh, Thailand. And I had this the terrible stomach cramps and they awful for hours after a meal and in the afternoon. You just get this awful uh, stomach aches. And it would last for hours and finally kind of subside maybe about 7 or 8 o'clock in the evening. But all afternoon from the time of the meal, which is usually about 8 o'clock in the morning, till until about 8 o'clock at night, or 12 hours, you know, these you know, agonizing, this, you know, just sitting there, these awful stomach aches. And, uh, and it was so, you know, it was, it was unrelenting you know, for that, those hours, and, and then you, and it just colored everything, you know. I could really understand uh, how, how you just became so grumpy, you know, there's this poison in you, this, this pain, this ache, just, Everything you saw and and everything that happened to you during that time was was affected by this uh, by the stomach ache. I'm fairly happy, jovial, but I became really grumpy. You know, you just felt short, short tempered and and uh, sour, really sour. <laughs> and, and I thought, this is the only I can empathize with people that have stomach problems. Because it does, it, it really influences your consciousness. You know, in those days, I wasn't able to to let go of it. I, I just get caught in this sourness, so it's coming from this kind of aching, unpleasant feeling in my stomach. I just resent it, get, get influenced. The consciousness will be influenced by it, like the, the poisons that that. Uh, Keep infecting our experience, our, our life. And that which is whatever, wherever we go, we 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 poison. We bring the poison with. It. So in this, this way to free the mind, in this like this, there will be no more inner poison drive. Without which, you are immune from death. This way, the path to the death. Place. 